Hey everyone, I'm Parker Samuelson. And I'm Kate Gardner, and this is the Ascendance Podcast, featuring descendants of successful families ascending into their own identity and impact. Each episode, we'll introduce you to a guest who will share their family legacy and their next-gen narrative. We hope that you're inspired and enjoy the show. Podcast. I'm Kate Gardner here with Parker Samuelson, and we are so delighted to be hosting today Caleb Tannehill. Caleb is the managing director of Tannehill Capital Investments LLC. He is an investor and entrepreneur with experience in international ventures in Canada and the Middle East as well. He also is the Joshua Green Corporation Family Council Chairman and oversees relations between shareholders and the JGC Board of Directors. Caleb, we're so honored to have you with us today. Thank you. I am excited to be here and really looking forward to our conversation. Awesome, Caleb. So uh, I'd love for you to tell us the story of your family and you growing up in that environment. We've heard that you can trace your family back multiple generations. Tell us that story and, and what it was like in those early years growing up in that family. Yeah, so uh, currently I'm a fifth generation member and uh, our family office is extended into the sixth generation uh, right now. And so um, it was a little bit of a long road, even getting to the point of understanding really what I'm a part of and having a full awareness of the significance of what our family's done in the Pacific Northwest region and our lineage as a whole. So in my boyhood, I would say uh, I grew up on, I was born in the in Seattle area, and then my family moved to California as my parents, uh, actual pastors of a church uh, on the central coast there for uh, over seven years. And so most of my boyhood in my world that I knew was centered around kind of that agricultural community, beach community, not understanding really much of differences in life. And um, we always, you know, would take the month of July to head back up to the Pacific Northwest region, Seattle and, and vacation and, you know, see family up in, up in that area. So I didn't necessarily, I can understand the compare and contrast of the two worlds, tiny agriculture versus big city. You know, our family values have always been centered around people, um, around our faith and those, when you put both of those together, there's not much, much distinction of separating, you know, who people are in quote unquote, in different statuses per se. So we moved back to the Seattle area, probably, I think it was my fifth grade year. Um, and that was moving back into, you know, an area, you know, across the lake from Seattle, uh, to more on the, the east side and community that, um, almost feels like a utopia. And so, you know, that's where, you know, you understand a Bill Gates lives and Jeff Bezos, some of those families that are, are pretty notable. And so everything that comes around that, that development of major companies like a Microsoft, you go from one world to the next. And, you know, within that, you still hold those values. And so as our family unit grew and developed and my own person at that time, you know, I was very much into athletics as as most boys are uh, in high school and very focused on, I focused on basketball. So that was what I was really, really passionate about. 
Um, and then my dad, at that point in time, he'd always been involved in residential real estate, you know, building custom homes as well as smaller condo developments. And then I got asked to help lead a, a technology startup in the Seattle area. So, you know, he was very much involved in that, but I wouldn't say as a whole, you know, business was a huge part of, of our family culture in one sense. Um, we were very much more centered around uh, the different, you know, I'd say faith initiatives that, that our family was, you know, focused on. So I guess kind of wrapping that all up is, as far as my, my younger boyhood, we ended up moving to Nashville right around 2009 as my dad's company was um, doing a lot of work there and just a lot of personal things in our family, you know, kind of seemed like they needed a, a slight change, especially in culture of where that, you know, the West Coast tends to be. And um, my brothers were very young at the time. And so uh, we wanted a more family-friendly environment. And so when we did move to Nashville, I ended up then going to boarding school um, in Florida at an academy called IMG. And so um, I finished out my high school there and, and playing basketball and, you know, trying to make it to to that division one level. And that was my kind of sole focus and started kind of this journey, you know, really trying to find out, you know, who I am, what I want to do. Um, but at that same time, I was kind of in a convergence of starting to really understand who my family is, the lineage, um, and getting curious about that. And we always do. We've done for the last, oh, geez, I want to say close to 13 years, might even be longer than that, 15 years, we've always done a family assembly of sorts where we have about, you know, on, on a high-end 70 family members show up, a low-end 50, and, and really try to bring the family together um, and build those relationships through numerous different events, whether it's meetings, different kind of competitions, uh, like croquet is huge in our family. Um, and so doing things like that, that, that really builds our, our word you'll hear me say a lot is cohesion. So that's, that's what we're really after is how do we become a, a real cohesive family? As I mentioned, we're into six generations now. So you have surviving third member, third gen members all the way down to six. So it takes a lot of intentionality to try to get everyone together. So um, at that point in time, uh, that was really my main, I guess, point of engagement was attending those, which, you know, I would always encourage, you know, if you're in that situation to really engage with your family in any capacity um, that, that you can. And so, because that really set, I guess, my ground floor for what I would end up doing a couple of years later. So, which kind of brings me into my college age. I ended up going to college in Oklahoma to play basketball and then ended up transferring away from there. And uh, kind of during that time, I was, I was in that transition of, okay, look, I'm losing my identity as an athlete and trying to come up with my identity of who I want to be moving forward. I really liked in practice and in, in study the legal areas of law and especially M&A. I ended up back in Nashville uh, at Lipscomb University. They had a really strong pre-law program there. And at that point in time, I was kind of in that, you know, you're trying to go and do everything on your own. You know, I was 21 at the time. And then you're trying to also figure out, okay, you know, how does faith and work come together as that's, you know, been a value of, of who we are as a family and, and what, what we always um, try to center our, our lives around and, and, and what we choose to do. I met a lot of great people and that was kind of where my first big step of who 
I was becoming independent than my family became. And at that same time, you know, I got asked to put my name in the hat to be voted onto our family council. That was really unique because, you know, how do you, my idea at that point was, okay, I just want to be involved and help serve. You know, that, that, that's all my, my sole goal was. And thought it would be pretty cool to, to be involved as you start understanding the different, different businesses that, that we're involved with and just being curious about that. And then obviously on the legal side, like I'd mentioned, I was really interested in transactions. As I was as working through that, you know, I, I decided I, I ended up graduating, find, find my wife. And, you know, we're like, okay, we need to get married. And uh, best decision of my life. That's one of the, the biggest things I say. Cause I was like, oh, you're so young when you got married. Life's better when you're married. Let me just say that. So uh, for all those people out there who are, you know, trying to live the young life, just go ahead and get married. It works out. Small deviation from the story at large, but she's, you know, my, my big driver of, of support. So she's a, a huge part of my story. So, so we really were trying to figure out at that time, you know, where do we want to live? Um, where do we want to grow, you know, our family? So I had an opportunity to work with a bank in Dallas. So we ended up coming to Dallas and, and she's a native Texan. So uh, her family was thrilled, you know, to have her coming back. And, and at that point in time, I had served on our family council for about two years. Um, and so uh, how with our family council and, and how that's set up is you have a three-year term um, and then you could be, you know, reelected again. You know, I was just enjoying being a part. I had started to identify what I wanted to do with my career and the direction that, that I really wanted to go. And that was looking towards a, a career in finance. And I had decided, as you can tell, I went to work for a bank, so I decided not to go to law school. And that was a big first step for me because I had worked, you know, two years to get to that point and to kind of say, okay, now I want to pivot. And there's some skills uh, that I wanted to acquire. And so, you know, for me, that route personally was to go back and get my MBA. So I kind of shifted my, my goals there to find a program that, that would fit kind of the needs that I'm looking to, to acquire and the skills I'm looking to acquire um, to help me, you know, 40 years down the road. I'm kind of in this convergence of trying to figure myself out, you know, and, you know, being a newlywed, starting a career, as well as being very intentional on plugging in with, with my family. Um, and at that time is when I really started to, to really learn about, you know, who we are, where we came from, seeing what family leaders have done um, and how I can help support because we're at a point where we started pivoting and being more intentional to really drive initiatives down to the to the fifth generation level to, to engage with them and fourth generation too. You know, like uh, Kate had mentioned in, in kind of the intro. So, you know, we know our family was part of the Maryland colony. And then, you know, we're moving to actually come to Texas and ended up in Mississippi. So, you know, obviously there's a, a civil war that happens. And at that point in time, uh, we're involved in, in agriculture and had a general store that kind of served as a bank as well. And so the bank had gotten raided. And um, so my great, great grandfather, Joshua Green, um, he had a, two other brothers. And so they all split and kind of venture off to go their own ways. And so obviously Joshua Green ended up in the Seattle area. And that I believe, if I have my date right, was about 1886, uh, 87. So Washington state was still a territory at that point in time and had really gotten involved in um, 
shipping. So the family business ends up starting uh, there, you know, there's a fire in Seattle and then uh, a banker of, uh, you know, one of the significant banks at that, at that point in time basically said that he would support, you know, the business in Seattle and help Seattle get back on its feet. So at that point in time, with a, he got a loan with no collateral and there was a handshake deal and begin uh, a shipping company there. So at that point, you know, that was that was the family business. And from, you know, through 1890s all the way up to about, geez, 1927 is then when the family kind of shifted into banking. And so at that point, uh, we had shifted into banking. And that, again, was the primary business all the way up until 1991 is when we had been acquired by, by another bank. And so from, from that point, they started formalizing more of a corporation or family office, which, whichever term you, you prefer to use. And diversified into, you know, public traded equities, commercial real estate, and then a portfolio of private owned businesses. And so that kind of gives you a, a quick overview of kind of the history and, and the lineage and the family. So it goes from, you know, one branch, and now we're kind of into three branches, all in the Pacific Northwest region was where we primarily were all grouped for, for a large uh, amount of time. And so it really wasn't until recently to where family starts getting broad, people go off to college and, you know, you start seeing families move around the country as a whole. So, so I was just genuinely fascinated by, you know, our story and understanding that, you know, even though this is generations away is where all this started, you know, that very same entrepreneur blood is in my body as well. And having that realization that, you know, and I might have not been there at that point in time, and I might not be a part of corporate leadership, but there's way I can stay engaged with the family, as well as, you know, there's room for me to go be my own person as well, right? My own entrepreneur and take on ventures. So that's where I kind of shifted, I guess, in kind of my mid-20s at that point. And I say that like, I'm only 28, so it's not like, you know, I'm super old or anything like that. But, you know, that... at I think it was, okay, so three years back, so 25 is when uh, I was going to rotate off the council, and we had started getting some things in motion as far as heavily around the educational areas of how do we provide, we, we focused around financial literacy, I'll just give a couple examples, financial literacy and then and leadership, so we, we saw those two topics as very pertinent for, for where our family is right now, um, and then helping them grow in the future. And primarily the thought process around that was at the council level, we, you know, we do a lot of family discussion stuff, right? And then we have a couple subcommittees, give you a couple, uh, you know, history, newsletter, education. We even have a faith one now, philanthropy. So at that level, we decided, hey, look, from education, you know, the, the dinner talk uh, or the talk around the dinner tables you know, when my mom was growing up and, and her brothers and they're part of the fourth gen was, well, we still were involved, you know, in, when they were younger in banking. So, you know, my uncles, you know, they would work, you know, as tellers or, or whatnot, you know, during the summer and, and stuff. So there was still that, that common bond around a tangible asset, right? And as you move from having a tangible asset into, you know, a corporation where you're investing in different companies, you know, you kind of lose that feel of we're all part of something. And so that's where we started to focus a lot of our time on, okay, so 
how do we get people involved? Okay, well, we always have the shareholders meeting, right? And then we have the family assembly, which we move those now so they're all one weekend so we can engage the family as best as we can so no one has to pick or choose because that's where we started going was, okay, I'm going to come to the shareholder this year. Next year, I'll come to the assembly. So we wanted to encourage, you know, as, as much participation as possible and provide ways to build that cohesion, really. I guess from there, you know, the fifth generation, you know, I, they span, it's our largest generation right now. So we have like the oldest member, um, I believe is 39, uh, give or take a year or two on both ends. And then our youngest member of fifth gen is, oh, uh, geez, probably 14 or 15 right now. So that's a very, you know, broad age range. And so really like, how do you engage both, right? top end of that range is going to be a little bit more astute to what's going on with, you know, the business. They've been around it longer. They might understand more terminology. And then on the younger uh, end of that age range, you know, you're really starting to just like be interested in, you know, sports or, you know, a certain topic of education or whatever you're into, right? So we really are like, okay, how do we engage this? We structure our family assembly in ways that we are, our main focus is, like I said, family cohesion. Uh, education. And then what I like to say is have a ton of fun eating and, and just hanging around, right? So we basically started, you know, engaging with our, our management and saying, you know, let's get some terminology introduction. You know, how are you guys talking about the corporation? How can we build some uh, similar vocabulary? So uh, whether you're a shareholder, you know, or, you know, you're helping in family management, you know, you, we're all talking the same language and all communicating the same language. So we started working on um, different, you know, avenues to, to present that. And then, like I mentioned, we, we developed a financial literacy module, a leadership module. Um, and then we started just doing some different events um, over the course of the last really uh, three years to engage, you know, just the different companies we're, we're involved with. So, so families could understand, you know, what they're all about versus just, just seeing a name and understanding what they're part of um, and what they have ownership in um, versus just feeling like that's uh, uh, something my family's involved in. And so that's because that's a, uh, a huge mentality shift. You know, when you go from understanding this is what, you know, I'm have ownership stake and ownership stake in versus just, you know, a family member is involved in that. Really at that fifth generation level, that's what we're trying to cultivate and really go back to what, how this all started was entrepreneurship. Try to cultivate that and be really intentional in, in any kind of initiative that we're trying to provide on the educational level, that it's centered around those family values, you know, the entrepreneurship spirit to the point that, you know, we have a family vision and mission statement, which, you know, I like to call it in, a, in an essence, like a family constitution, because what it really does is, you know, when you're all together as a family, you're able to say, hey, look, these are the values we're ascribing to. And we're pretty specific in that, you know, we're, we're trying to promote, you know, our engagement in faith, engagement in the community, in entrepreneurship, in philanthropy. And so those are all pointed out in those statements. And so it takes a lot of the mess out of when issues do arise, because that's really what, at the heart of it, when we started the council was, you know, how can we take, we don't want family issues to become corporate issues, right? And so how can we have like 
not necessarily in a mid-area between those, but just in uh, a place to voice, you know, certain opinions or have somebody to talk to if there was an issue. And the point when I started taking, you know, leadership of the, of the council, which, you know, disclaimer, I'm not the brains behind this or even the driver behind this. Like this has been laid well before me and I'm just participating and taking the role in this. And you know, like I said, we have seven council members and then at the subcommittee have even more family members involved. So I can't stress enough how much it takes a whole family to run this. And, you know, I like to think about it as, you know, as a, as a doctor uses a scalpel, the scalpel just kind of cuts around and that's really what determines the, the cut of the surgery. And so in my role, that's kind of how I choose to view it is helping facilitate different, you know, events within the family to, to provide cohesion throughout the year, but really treating it as just, you know, having a scalpel to, to kind of cut around and, and um, allow that, which I always go back to that family and uh, the mission and vision statement of the family. So really, that's been a huge driver um, for us personally and, you know, how we are engaging forward looking. You know, right now we're saying, how can we get to nine generations? You know, how can we get there and put these pieces in place so that they have a full understanding of their history and where they came from? But also starting to highlight now uh, where we where we currently are in the family leadership that got us you know, not just from, you know, late 1800s, but what got us through, you know, the latter part of the 1900s and into the 2000s. Um, because as you know, some of those players shift around. We, we were really focused, you know, on patriarch of Gen 1, you know, and we really were starting to, to change our thinking a, a bit and saying, yes, that is our rallying cry, um, the genesis of, of where we come from. But these younger gens and also, you know, moving in the forward need to understand what the third generation has done and the fourth generation. And so we've really started to provide a lot of the strategic initiatives around that in particular. So, you know, we're trying to be forward looking into how does technology play into this? You know, as, as a lot of people, as you look to steward family wealth and family ownership, you tend to be a pretty conservative in that approach, right? And um, and so you know, using technology really is is kind of far fetched in in a lot of minds, you know, because you think of like the VCs and you know high risk, uh, all those all those type of things, high costs that are associated with it, and and so really, you know, where we where we're at now, you know, technology is is quite affordable, and so you know, my focus you know, as I look to transition out as being the chair uh, over the next year and focus more on, on education and, and what we're doing for the family there, it's, we're really looking and evaluating um, different vehicles of technology that could intersect the family as a whole. You know, how do you engage people 365 days of the year? Because you can get the family together for one weekend and everyone's jazzed. I'm telling you, everyone comes back the next week and is like, I want to be involved. How can I be involved in, in a part of this? By the time you get to Christmas, you know, where is everybody? You know, so, so that, that's really what I'm focused on is, you know, how do we engage people within the family for, you know, 365 days of the year? We developed a lot of programs. I like to think about it on a horizontal line here and, and we're really working on how can we vertically stack these into one place so you can just grab all the resources and 
and be able to engage with those. You know, some of the initiatives that we've done that have really helped is, you know, we started our own podcast and allowing family members to voice what they're doing, what they're interested in. So, you know, one of our family members, you know, he's working with a, with a bank and, you know, so he was talking kind of about current markets and some of what they're seeing and some investment ideas and strategies and uh, where it's hosted, it's, you know, on some public, you know, platform and it shot up to like 33 in, in finance, you know? And so, you know, it's just those, those type of things where you have talented family members that you don't necessarily hear from. And we're trying to get those voices out there. So the second one was around, you know, NFTs and tokenization. So, you know, the fifth generation is jazzed about this, you know, and like, this is great. This is awesome. The fourth generation is like, what even is this? You know, let alone, I don't even know if it made it up to the third generation, but I guess we'll have to take a poll and find that one out later. But so really providing it, it all comes back to, like I said, like, how do you develop, you know, family cohesion? How do you get, like I said, we really have three branches across the family. How do you get all three branches to know each other? You know, you don't have to have, uh, you know, it, it kind of seems kind of mushy gushy, but, you know, it's not like you need to love everyone. You know, we've had plenty of, of quarrels come about and, and issues arise. And, you know, what I always tell people, you know, when those issues have kind of made their way up to me is, well, have you called them? You didn't like what they said on Instagram. Did you reach out to them and ask them why they might've said that? And so it's just some of those basic things that, you know, you're, you're all related, but you might not talk every day, but everyone really does love each other. And everyone is really kind, compassionate, as we look, you know, as I've been kind of talking about, as we form this council around these different initiatives, oh, I think a lot of families do this, probably a lot of the listeners, you know, philanthropy is, is a huge driver towards what families rally around. And we do a lot of that, but it does take one more step to go beyond that. That's really where we're trying to grow our family and our initiatives is, yeah, we supported a lot of organizations locally in the Seattle area and at, at, from a foundation level and at the, at the council level, we have a three-year commitment to a group every year, you know, generally something the family's involved with, but, you know, we've identified, hey, look, there's even way more organizations that the family's involved with each, I'm talking about at a individual level. And so we want to be able to support what they're doing. So how can we rally around the cry that, that burns in your heart? Um, and that you're passionate about. Um, that's kind of, you know, a, a real easy one to get around. But like I said, the harder thing to do is just when there's disagreement is just to pick up the phone and talk. And so we actually had my wife and I, we had an individual reach out. She had posted something and, you know, they were like, oh, I don't understand, you know, how you can support this and, you know, be a Christian and, and all that. And um, which from our view, the position she was taking, we're like, well, we don't understand how you could be a Christian and believe that. So I'd say that to give a great example of how like, we can all be so tied into what we believe is true. And whether that be around you know, faith, whether that be around business, our worldviews, cultural views are huge right now. You know, how do you facilitate those? I think as, as you work through those, and it really helps to have a family around you, and it really helps to have a structure in place that... I would say mitigates, you know, some of the big blowups that could potentially happen um, because, you know, that's really what it's all about. And um, I did hear on one of the previous podcasts, one of the individuals, they're involved with helping individuals kind of grow into their leadership 
uh, within family. And so, you know, having, you know, something in place to where, you know, our, our bottom age is once you're 18, you know, you can get involved and, and at the council level. And so at the subcommittee level, you know, anyone can, can volunteer. And I've developed personally, I would say, being able to be involved in, you know, a structure that, you know, we really work to generations, but, you know, the third generation always is, chimes in on, on what we're doing and we keep them involved, obviously, but from the leadership level at the council, um, you know, you're getting to work with, with your family, you know, you're the hardest thing to say, which, you know, I got the advice early on from our CEO. We're trying to do our budget approval. It's my first year being the chairperson. And he had told me, he said, look, the best thing you can learn is to say no. And that's really hard because we tend to be uh, low conflict and, you know, we want everyone to be happy and, and we don't want to, you know, ruffle the feathers, rock the boat. And so my experience up until that point is, you know, people bring an idea to the council and we're like, yeah, we want to do that. We want to do that. Great. We'll support you doing that. And so I really had to say, okay, look, I'm going to step back and, you know, say no to this, say no to that. And keep us on track of our main goal, you know, and even try to shift the view of the council because it was really heavy on planning the assembly, working with the corporation to do the shareholders meetings. So people were like, yeah, is this a party planning committee or what, you know, and, and that's not really what it is. So just being able to help shift and change the perspective of, look, we're here to represent the family. We're working on behalf of the family. We want to support the family and what you guys are doing. And allowing people to get involved on those levels has, I really have seen transformation over the last, you know, really the last two and a half, three years, we've made a lot of headway. Even one of my younger cousins this year, uh, she's 18 and she is going to spearhead our, we have an assembly just for the, the, the weekend assembly or a committee just for the assembly. And so she's going to spearhead that and, you know, take that responsibility. I think she's probably the youngest person to do that. And so that was for us a huge way to say, okay, look, we want to allow you to grow and who you, who you are going to be and to take on leadership and start building a team around her to, to help support. So, you know, that, that's really in a nutshell of, of what we're doing and kind of how we've developed, trying to develop our family culture and, you know, not reinvent who we are, but just solidify uh, who we are as we grow. And as we, you know, look, like I said, to extend, you know, our legacy into generations and beyond. And for me, you know, it's great because like I, like you had mentioned, you know, I've started to go into my own entrepreneurship ventures and, you know, how, how has that played in with being able to be so close to the family and leadership? And, you know, I've gotten to see a lot of changes, you know, within the corporation, how we've grown companies, uh, getting to be a part of con uh, conversations of, what does a good company look like? You know, what does a bad company look like? Should you invest your capital here? What's the different capital structures you can be a part of? So being able to have those conversations or just be a part of those conversations a fly on the wall, you know, really helped in my personal development as well as, like I said, I was like, man, I'll be the first one to say, I need to go back to business school and, and learn some of these things. This liberal arts degree did not teach me. That was, you know, part of my journey, finishing that out. And then in the middle of that saying, okay, let's put some of these things to the test. You know, you have to, you have to be willing to say, okay, I got, you know, this little bit of capital and, you know, can I go make it a, 
identify a successful opportunity and, and see if it works. So that's really where I'm at now. I'm transitioning off on the, on the chair position and I, I have a deep conviction and belief to always stay engaged at the family level and to support the next generation coming. And, and honestly, our current generation, we're really trying to get them more involved with what we're doing. But we have, we have a really nice roster at this point in time of people who have been in that chair position. And it's kind of like what they say, President of the United States, you know, it's like, you don't know until you're actually in that position. So we have a huge support system in place um, that helps cultivate this and that helps develop this out that really has been kind of that testing ground to develop me and who I am as like I've mentioned as I go on to kind of look to start my my own ventures and and investments yeah wow Caleb that was so inspiring I'm really blown away by how you can you know weave in and out of your personal story your family narrative that there is just a, a real way that you have done the work to discover kind of mine, you know, what is where you come from and what your vision and passions and, and the, the potential you see and the change you want to make are. So I, I, I think our listeners are going to really, really grow from your example. And I think we'll just, we'll just end with the final question of offering any final advice to other next gens in terms of, you know, if you look back at yourself, maybe five, six years ago and, and how, when you were in that, maybe those college years of, of becoming yourself in a fresh way, what do you want to just summarize and, and leave our, our listeners with? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I grappled with as I was exiting, you know, my undergrad studies and trying to figure out who, who I was becoming as an individual, I got some really great advice from, from a, a mentor who's successful in the private equity space. And, you know, through his story, he was, you know, I had a lot of friends who had early success, but I was playing the 40 year game and trying to stay progressively growing over 40 years. And, you know, I was like, yeah, but this is what I want to do. And, you know, I have this dream and, and this goal. And, you know, what, what he had told me, which is, is stuck with me personally, is, you know, everyone walks their own road. And that's really how I've developed my thought process, what, how I've looked at self-development there's people who I've been at the same age and they have way more success than I have. And I'm like, well, why am I not there yet? Well, I guess I need to go back to school and get those skills, you know, or even at some points in time, people have looked at me and been like, well, you're further ahead than I am. And so really that, that ability just to say, okay, look, I have my own road that I need to walk and what people value in their own life might be of different value to me. Being able to sort through those things to really shore up you know, who you want to become, what you are putting your faith in, what you're putting your efforts behind to shape that full person that you are. You know, that took me a, a couple of years to really figure that out. I'm still developing in it, but that's the biggest thing we do in our culture now is just compare, compare, compare. And the biggest advice that I could give or, you know, word of, of encouragement would just be take your family lineage, take your history as you know, this is where I come from, but also understand who I want to be and where I want to go. And like I'd mentioned those, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, I totally believe that through that lineage, you know, that very blood is, is flowing through me. Right. And so I am, I can be as creative, you know, I can be as risky, you know, and, and put my own neck out there. And that's the road that I'm choosing to walk. And I can only stay in on that road and compare, you know, myself with myself. So. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate these insights and I 
I'm especially just impressed by how you've been able to kind of internalize this part of your family's journey and kind of you've created your own space where you're contributing in a really exciting way and kind of creating your own path. I, I, I like the analogy of you, you can only walk on your own path. You can't walk on anybody else's. So we, we really appreciate this. We're so thankful for having you on. Yeah. And actually one final question, Caleb, is that um, podcast that you mentioned your family does, is that, is that available for, if our listeners want to check it out as well? You know, it is, but you reach out to me and I can get you the link. I couldn't tell you where to go to get it because we have it hosted <laughs> internally now. So I can get that, that out to people. Well, I just love that. What, what an amazing way. I think obviously one of Parker and my goals with this podcast is to give Next Gen's a voice. So how inspiring that your family is taking it upon yourselves to, to do that, even just within your own tribe as well. That That's wonderful. I just echo Parker's words and just thank you so much, Caleb, for joining us today. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Caleb. I really appreciate it.